0: Well, I'd like to talk with you today about the foundation that your life is built on. Uh, You know, every house has a foundation. And in your house, if you pull up the carpet, you'll find concrete under there, either on your main floor, if you've got a basement down in the basement. Your whole house is built on your foundation. I heard a story the other day about a carpet layer. He had just finished a long job recarpeting a, a really big house and uh, this guy happened to be a smoker, and he thought he deserved a smoke break. He kind of looked around. He couldn't find his pack of cigarettes, and then he looked back in the middle of the living room, and he saw this lump in the floor, and he thought, man, it would take me hours to, you know, pull all that carpet up and get that out of there and relay all that carpet, and so, you know, no one was around or watching, so he just grabbed a hammer, and he just kind of started pounding on that lump and just kind of smoothed it out. Well, A few minutes later, he was climbing into his work truck, and that's when he noticed there were his cigarettes right there on his dashboard. It was about that time that the owner of the house came up to him and said, "Uh, hey, great job, the house looks really good. Um, You didn't happen to see my son's hamster anywhere, did you? (laughs) Don't worry, guys, it's a joke. You're all like, (laughs) it's just a joke, okay? It's just a joke, man, you could laugh. I just wanted to loosen you guys up a little here. Don't worry, I'm not condoning animal violence or smoking, okay? Save your, save your energy before you protest. <laughs> but the reality is, all our lives have a foundation underneath our busyness, our bills, our relationships, all the chaos. You are building your life on something. It's not a question of if you have a foundation. The question is, what is your foundation? What foundation are you building your life on? maybe you're building on the assumption that, you know, if you get the right job and the right possessions and someone to marry you, then everything will be better. Uh, Or maybe your assumption is more like, you know, if I have success at something or uh, if I have some certain experiences, then I'll really be complete. We're all making our choices based on some foundational belief. You know, I used to work as a journalist, and I remember this story. There was this whole neighborhood in a suburb of Phoenix, beautiful homes that were about four years old. Here's what they looked like. And I got a call from a bunch of these homeowners because these houses looked great. It was, you know, a perfect neighborhood in a lot of ways. But after about two years, their houses started to get these cracks in the walls, And the neighbors started talking with each other and realizing it wasn't just one or two of the houses, it was the entire neighborhood. I mean, they they would get these cracks and they would put plaster over it and repaint it, but then after a few months, the cracks would come back. And then eventually the interior doors, some of their doors wouldn't close properly. That's when some of the homeowners started to pull up the carpet and look at the foundation and here's the kind of cracks that they found in the foundations of their home. It turned out this entire neighborhood had been built over really soft ground. It hadn't been engineered properly, and these foundations were flawed. And so what it meant is that if a window cracked and they spent all the money to replace it with a new window, well, guess what? It was going to crack again. Every repair was a temporary repair until they could get the foundation fixed. I wonder what things you've been struggling to repair in your life. Maybe it's that you spend more than you make. Maybe it's that your relationships are broken. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a sense of shame or just this sense of, I'm not living up to what I could be. We've all got these things that we we patch the drywall and then it comes back and it comes back and it just keeps coming back. That's how Miles McPherson's life was going. You heard about Miles in our video today with NFL athlete Ray Preston. Now, Miles, at that time when he was doing cocaine in the early 80s, he's an NFL athlete. He's famous across the country. He's living in a mansion. He's living in San Diego, not too bad of a climate, pretty much Garden of Eden. He's attractive. He's in his prime. Most of the things that most of us think, if I had that, then I'd be happy. If I was really attractive, or if I was really famous, or if I really was financially secure, or if my life was comfortable, then I'd be happy. He had all those things, but the walls were still cracking to the point that he's turning to cocaine and any other drugs he can get his hands on as frequently as possible. Miles was attempting to fix those broken things, and here's what I know. God brought every single one of us here today, and every one of you watching online, for one of two reasons. God either wants to shore up the foundation in your life, or if that foundation is already fixed on Jesus, he wants to use you, like he used Ray Preston, to bring someone else so they can get their foundation shored up. I wonder what broken things you've been trying to cover up and fix. Just like those homes in Arizona, they could do those temporary repairs, but then a A storm would come through and the water would move the soil again and the foundation would shift again and all the cracks would come back. And until they fixed the foundations, every other repair was temporary. The same is true in our lives. The reality underneath the carpet in our lives is that we all need a foundational repair. God's word puts it this way all of us have sinned. All humans have sinned. What is sin? It's just doing something wrong against God or against other people, and God tells us, this isn't pleasant to hear, all of us have sinned. So I've found that, you know, 99% of people agree with this. If you're in the 1% who disagrees and you say, I've never done anything wrong, well, here's the thing, you're a liar. (laughs) So you actually are. (laughs) I kid, okay? But anyhow, all of us have made mistakes. That's actually kind of a relief, right? You're not the only one. I mean, the Pope, all the famous religious people you know of, they've sinned, we all make mistakes. And those mistakes are like the cracks in the foundation of our life, and they actually separate us away from God. This is the bad news of the Bible. But there's good news that follows. Here's the good news, God doesn't just want to paint over the problems in your life. God wants to repair the foundational problem that's causing all the other cracks in your life. God doesn't just wanna kinda put a little Band-Aid on one problem in your life. He wants to do a foundational repair that then allows every room in the home of your life to be renovated and rebuilt and reconstructed in a way that those new finishes and those new doors and the new paint can last and it won't crack. Scripture says, sin has broken us all away from God. In fact, if you want to visualize it, it's almost like the Grand Canyon. I don't know if you've ever seen the Grand Canyon. We used to live near it when we were in Arizona, and it is miles across from one side to the other. It's just an expanse. And if you think of the most talented athletes, those who can long jump the longest distance of anyone in the world, Olympic long jumpers, none of them can jump All the way across there. And what God describes in his word is that religion, the religions that say you have to work your way to God, your good deeds have to outweigh your bad deeds, you have to pay money to our church or do these special things to get to heaven, that's essentially like trying to long jump your way across the Grand Canyon. None of us are good enough. All of our sins have broken us away from God. And if the story ended there, the story would be depressing, but the story doesn't end there. You see, when we couldn't jump our way across our mistakes to God, God reached out to us through his son, Jesus Christ. He now comes to you and he says, you don't have to jump your way across. I've built a way across. But what you do have to do is humble yourself and say, Jesus, I believe I don't know if you remember the TV show, Extreme Home Makeover. Extreme Home Makeover, they'd pick these families, usually a really noble, good family, but their home was falling apart physically. Their house was falling apart. You know, leaky roof or cracked foundation, all sorts of problems, maybe mold in the walls. And the Extreme Home Makeover crew would come to those homeowners and say, hey, we've picked you. We want to completely renovate your house. And they'd go through and say, what do you want each room to look like? And then they'd send the family off on a trip to Disneyland or somewhere. And while they're there, this crew would tear down that house, completely rebuild it. And the families come back, and it's always this emotional, dramatic moment when the family's standing in front of the bus, and they can't see anything. And then the bus moves, and there they see their brand new house. At the end of that interview with Ray Preston from the San Diego Chargers, When I said, after decades of you walking with God and now you've raised adult kids who are walking with God, his son is the director of player engagement for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, successful, well-grounded, balanced, healthy adult kids. Of all the lessons you've learned about God, what would be the biggest one? And Ray said, God wants to actualize the dreams of your heart. God's plan for your life is like an extreme home makeover. In fact, Like a lot of the families on that TV show, his plan is probably bigger and better than you could even imagine. But the interesting thing about this show is that it would always start, the the crew would show up and they'd say, we've selected you, but you have to sign these papers to give us permission to renovate your home. They couldn't legally just start, you know, working on someone's house. And it's the same with God. He doesn't force himself on you. He says, I'm here with this offer to rebuild your life from the ground up. I'm here to fix the foundation. Whether you feel like, hey, my life's pretty good, there's just a few cracks in the wall, or you feel like my whole house is falling apart, either way, the problem is in the foundation. He wants to fix it. And then once that foundation is repaired, he wants to repair every area of your life, your view of yourself, your habits, Your relationships, your ability to get along with other people, all the things in your life, they really come back to this foundation. And here's the good news of how God reaches out to you. He says that God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were sinners, while we had made mistakes that separated us from God, Christ willingly, intentionally died on the cross for us. It was at the cross that God said, I'll take the punishment for her mistakes. I'll take the consequences for his sins. I'll take all of that upon myself so that I can build a bridge that covers over the sins of the world. Jesus Christ came into this world to help you. Jesus came into this world to fix what's broken in your life. He came to provide that foundational repair. So how do you say yes to God? I mean, if you're listening, you're like, great, John. I I do want God's help. What do I do? Well, you don't have to give money. You don't have to do a bunch of good works. But you have to admit your need and believe. Here's how scripture puts it. Very simple. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Every one of those words, they're simple words, but they matter. What does believe mean? It means I believe I have a need I can't fix myself. I believe this word Lord means God. Jesus, you're God. And you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to understand the whole Bible. You can still have questions about stuff to just very simply say, Jesus, I believe you're God. I believe you died on the cross for me. Will you rebuild my life? Scripture puts it this way. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you're saved not by paying money to a church or doing good things or, or even being baptized, which we'll celebrate tonight. Being baptized is after you've believed and you express that belief through baptism, but it's in the heart that you're saved. After God fixes the foundation of your life, then He starts to repair your sense of significance, your self view. He starts to heal your shame. He starts to restore your marriage, your parenting, your finances, your habits, even your addictions. As you give these things to Him, once He's repaired the foundation, now He can repair everything else. And I'm so excited that we've got more than 20 people tonight who've already said, I've made that choice to have Jesus repair my foundation and I wanna go public with it tonight. I know there's others of you here, that God brought you here, and whether or not you get baptized tonight, what needs to happen in your heart tonight is you have an encounter with God where just like Ray Preston experienced and just like the people who will celebrate tonight have experienced, you say, Jesus, I do want you to forgive me and change me. Well, I came across this interview with Miles McPherson who now leads that huge church in California. And just, let's take our time going through this really incredible story that Miles tells. He says, I was playing with the Chargers, I was addicted to cocaine, and I was lost. I mean, just think about that. Most of us, the thing that we think will make us happy, Miles had at this point, right? You want really attractive people of the opposite sex to be attracted to you? He had it. You want any kind of pleasure imaginable? He had it. You want money? He had it. You want fame? He had it. And what does he say? I was just lost. I was smoking marijuana. I was running around Mission Valley doing stuff I shouldn't be doing. He says this once on the team's chartered plane, I was doing cocaine in the bathroom and I just came out. And standing right there is Ray Preston, who's in the room with us tonight. It's pretty cool. And Sherman Smith, most of you guys know, is a coach now in the NFL. And they're standing there reading their Bibles. And so here's Miles and he walks out and he he just starts to listen to them. He says, Sherman and Ray became my role models. I wanted to see if the life in Christ that they were living and talking about was real. And it was. I wanted the peace they had. I wanted the kind of relationship with their families that they had. And so one night, he says, I'd been doing cocaine all night, up till five in the morning. He says, I gave my life to Jesus, April 12th, 1984. That's his spiritual birthday. Some of you, your spiritual birthday will be today. He said, I never did cocaine again, never smoked marijuana again. I want to show you a picture of Miles with his family now. I mean, from 1984 to now, that's a lot of years. Can you imagine where he'd be if he had just gone down the road of drug addiction and lived that all too common life of celebrities and world-famous people who, who just party and so often they either overdose or they end up having three, four, five, six divorces and they get to this age and they're just a very selfish, very lonely person And instead, you've got this guy who's been married for 27 years, who's got these beautiful adult kids, church of 18,000 people, most of whom he's led to the Lord, and God has transformed their lives. And it all starts with a foundation change. It all changed that day in 1984 when he said, I will make Jesus the foundation of my life. You know, when I worked as a journalist, it was a nonstop job, but every month, it would take me into the lives. I would document the lives of every kind of person, uh, from NFL athletes to heroin addicts. And I've seen every kind of way that a person can try to fulfill themselves. And I've seen so many things that later people regret and say, I thought that would fulfill me and it didn't. And listen closely to this because I'll tell you one thing that I've never seen. I've never seen a person come to Christ to fulfill them and be the foundation of their life and then regret it. I have never seen a person genuinely, sincerely say, Jesus, be the foundation of my life and try it. And years later, look back and say, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't have learned how to live debt free and be a better spouse and not be addicted, and be a better employee, and have internal peace. I've just never seen someone do that and regret it. I've seen them regret how they spent a million dollars they thought would make them happy. I've seen them regret drug addictions. I've never seen someone regret giving their life to Christ. You know, Jesus Christ, he's the answer to the problems in your life. You might be thinking the answer's out there somewhere, but the answer is Jesus is just waiting on you to call out to him. He's the way you've been looking for. You feel stuck and you think, what's my way forward? He's your way forward. He's the peace that you've been restless for. You keep thinking, if I change this thing in my circumstances, then I'll have my peace. He's the peace that you're restless for. He's the life that you've been searching for. So I wonder what would keep you from saying yes to God today? His offer to fix your life is free. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to buy it. Here's all you have to do. I already showed you once, but I'll just show you again. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. In other words, you just say, Jesus, you are God. You know, we heard from Ben Utek of the Indianapolis Colts how you know Tony Dungy, if you wanted to play on his team, you kinda had to abide by his rules. And it's kinda the same with the God of the universe. Right? You might say, well, God, I'd like to get to heaven a different way. Well, you know, tough. He made the universe, he makes the rules, okay? You gotta declare, Jesus, you actually are God. And then you believe that in your heart and you say, hey, you know, forgive my sins. Make me the person you want me to be and then that's it. It's surrender. It's saying, you pull up the carpet in my life and you repair this foundation. You're the, I, I give control to you. I believe in you. And for some reason, that's the hardest thing for us to do, to surrender. God looks at you and he loves you. You might say, well, if God knew the sort of things I've done, you'd know that God doesn't love me. But the good news for you today is that God loves broken people. God so loved the people of the world that he gave his only son, that's Jesus, so that anyone who believes in him will not perish, will not live a dead-end life, but will instead have eternal life. You might say, well, if God knew the sort of doubts I have, I don't even know if, if there is a God. The good news for you today is that God loves doubters. God loves skeptics. Even when you don't believe he exists, he's already loving you. You might say, well, I once knew God. I used to love God, but I've, I've just wandered too far. You know, I had my chance and I drifted so far away. The great news for you today is that God loves wanderers. He told a whole beautiful story about it. We call it the prodigal son. He loves to welcome home those who once knew him and have run away. So no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you doubt or how far you've run, your heavenly father, he loves you. He proved it at the cross and today to you he says, come home. He wants you to come home. I want to walk you to your Father right now in prayer. Would you pray together with me? Father, I know that in this room right now, there are multiple individual people who you're speaking to, people who've never had a life-defining moment where they've said, Jesus, I do believe in you. And Lord, right now they have a choice to make. 30 years from now, do they want to look back on a legacy like Miles, where they have seen that when they gave you the foundation, you restored and renovated every room in every area of their life? Or do they want to look back 30 years from now and think, man, what a mess. Every time I try to fix things, they fall back apart. God, I pray right now that you will move in hearts, break down our stubbornness, soften the hardness of our hearts, help those who need to trust in you for the very first time to very simply believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Father, help those here who have wandered far away. Today's the day to come home. Once you give us a new foundation, you want to restore the rooms, and you want to improve the finishes and everything, and we've got to stay in your hands. And I know there's people that that's what you're telling them. God, I just want to give a prayer for anyone who's wanting to believe in you today, that they can just, in their heart, repeat these words to you as the God who knows our thoughts. They you just say, Jesus, today I believe. I choose to believe that you're God. I call out to you to fix what's broken in my life. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose again and I invite your resurrection power to change me from the bottom up, from the foundation up. Would you change everything about me? Father, I I praise you that right now there's people who are praying that, who are coming to you as their Lord and as their Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me from the foundation up. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.